Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today, we will hear from Dave Carroll, our lead pastor, as we continue our series, Attitudes of the Heart. Let's listen in right now. Well, the title of the message today is Copy Jesus. Now, copying is a good or bad thing as you go through life, right? When you see a four-year-old copy Superman, it's kind of cute. It's kind of funny, isn't it? You know, think about that. They put the little cape on, and then they they run around the house. But then you get into elementary grade school, and people try to copy each other. They put uh, the same clothes on. They come up, Mom, Dad, hey, they they bought uh, Z Cavaricci. I know I'm dating myself there, but some of you may know that, right? Uh, I need some of those. Then you get into middle school, and you're trying to copy the test, right? <laughs> and uh, the teacher has to watch you like a hawk, trying to copy the, the, the big paper that happened. That goes all the way through college, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, then there's that cheating. And then copying kind of becomes uh, this part of life. And even though each of us in the room tries so hard to be unique and try to be different uh, in our lives, the truth is, is that we've probably modeled our life after somebody, right? Somewhere, somehow. Uh, we, I'm, I've tried to model my backyard football game after Peyton Manning, okay? And it just doesn't quite work out. It doesn't work out that way. But uh, as, we, as we go through life, we, ch- we tend to copy people, and then we, it, it turns into this as an adult. We pick up the language of people at work, right? And we pick up the heart attitude uh, from our mom and dad that we thought were long gone because we've been out of the house for so long. But we kind of find ourselves copying our parents a little bit as we get older, don't we? Gasp, right? No, I love you, mom. I love you, dad, right? If you listen to this so I don't get in trouble. But uh, as, we, as we move in life, we really do look for people who are successful or people who have just something about them to copy And uh, here is the challenge for us today. In Christ, many times we we place our faith in Jesus, right? We we come to that place, and we forget that he wants us to copy him in our life. We we forget that he wants us to imitate who he is. And and here's what happens. Here's the dichotomy. Where there's this earth-shattering time in our life where we place our faith in Christ... We move on, but we leave Jesus behind, and we keep the same old habits, right? The same old habits. And, and, and this is not what the Christian life was meant, how it was meant to be lived. The Christian life was meant to be lived fresh and new each day, losing a part of our old nature and gaining a part of Christ. And so and here in Philippians chapter 2, uh, we've been going verse by verse through Philippians, and uh, really cool stuff is coming up, by the way. We're going to finish chapter 2 uh, through the, the month of September, and then in October, we're going to kick off a big marriage series called Marriage Under Construction to call a halftime in Philippians. It'll be great. You won't want to miss it. Start inviting people now. Uh, start inviting your spouse. But here we are in verse 5, and this is where we pick up today. It's where we left off last week. Uh, We had this scripture where Paul gives this huge challenge to us today. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in who? Say it with me. Christ Jesus. Now that is humongous, because if you look at your program, if you're taking notes today, I encourage you to, if you're not, uh, flip that thing over, and on your program, there's a scripture here, when, when Paul said, have the mind in you which was also in Christ Jesus, I want to just bl- blow your mind a little bit, 
on what this entails. And uh, this shouldn't like make us feel like, wow, I can't do this. But this should make us feel like, wow, in Christ, each day there's someone new to become, to look more like Jesus. There's a part of me that can be exciting and could be, uh, it could be a great challenge in this life. So look at John chapter 21 and verse 24 through 25. Or you could read it on the screen just silently as I read it aloud. This is what the Apostle John said about Jesus. And I, wanna, I wanted to shine some light here. On, on verse 5 when it says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Here's what it says. This is the disciple, John, who testifies of these things. This is at the end of his gospel. He's written the gospel of John and, and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did. Now, check in right here because this is the part that is huge. Which, if they were written one by one, I suppose... That even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. That's a pretty big book about one guy, isn't it? <laughs> Here we have Jesus. And he says, have this attitude in you that was in Christ Jesus. And here's a, the, the God-man, Jesus, who, who John is saying, if you wrote down everything that he did... There's not a book in the world that could contain it. And yet this is who we're supposed to copy? Wow, how do you do that? I I hope right now you're feeling this weight, this weight shifted on you a little bit to say, wow, I I think when when I was saved, I was supposed to become someone different. I was supposed to conform to look more like Jesus. And while it's not possible for us to look exactly like him here on this earth, Although the scriptures say that one day we will be as he is. And that's a great promise, isn't it? That, that the, the, the blemishes on us, the physical pain that we have, the emotional pain that we have will be gone in Christ Jesus. But today, how do we get there? How do we get there? And I would suggest to you it's by copying Jesus. Here's your first blank. I must copy Jesus in the following areas of my life. The first one is our mentality. Our mentality, that's your first blank. What is a mentality? It's a way of thinking or the ability to think and to learn. So says vocabulary.com. It has to do with your capacity. Now to put this in perspective right here as we look at this verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The first place that we have to change, that we have to begin to copy Jesus in, is in our mind, is in our mentality. Now, when we talk about mentality, uh, we can say, uh, hey, do you know that he has the mentality of a ninth grader? Well, this is great if you're in fifth grade, right? But if you're 42, <laughs> there's a little bit of a problem there, isn't there? When you say, oh, he has, he, she has the mentality of a college student. Well, what if she is 50 years old, Right? Well, the same thing goes in our faith where many times we have the mentality of someone who really doesn't even know Christ. Those of us who do. And you know what happens? The people who look at us who do not know Jesus say, where is the difference? Uh, was that just a ticket that got punched? Was that, a, was that just an emotional decision? Why is there not anything different with this person who claims to be a follower of Christ. And the, the, the beginning reason is this. We have not imitated Christ. We have not copied him, so to speak. 
in our mind. We haven't changed our mind. Now, many of you in this room have either tried to gain or lose weight for different reasons, you know, in in your life. I've tried to lose weight uh, many different times, and that's one of the things that I struggle with in this life. But I find that when I change my mind and I decide to work on losing weight, it's kind of funny how what happens. The weight gets lost. And next thing you know, I, I lose a belt loop and I pull it a little tighter. And I'm thinking, wow, how did this, how did this happen? Well, it began with, with my mind. And this is why Paul in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now look at this statement right here in your notes. It says, we must increase our capacity. This is a huge word when it comes to copying Jesus in our mind, in our mentality. We must increase our capacity for following Christ by, here's how you do it. You may want to underline this. You may want to circle one that, that's, your, that's your issue or maybe, you know, the place where you haven't decided to do this thing uh, called following Christ. And we have to do this by knowing his word. When is the last time that you've memorized a scripture? A, a scripture memorized is evidence of someone who's pointed their mind toward the things of Christ and said, I want to copy you in my mind. When's the last time that you have done that? And that's one of the reasons why we have small groups to help you do that because it's not easy. You may say, Dave, how do I start? How do I start? Get in a small group. Do you know that we have 10 small group leaders and 10 host areas, host home people who are there to help you do exactly what I'm talking about? Sign up for it. Um, Here's the next thing. Actually doing what it says. We have to begin to increase our capacity for this if we're going to have the same mind as Christ Jesus. And how do, how do we increase our capacity for actually doing what God's Word says? The first way that the Bible says is this. Agreeing with God that the places in our life that are sinful really are sinful. When is the last time you took an audit of your life and thought, you know, I have a few areas that I have to change. And you've actually thought about it. You know what you've done? You've increased your capacity for copying Jesus in your mind when you agree with him and you audit your life to see if it matches up to his word. I challenge you today, if you haven't done something like that, take some time this week, write down a day of the week and say, I'm going to spend 10 minutes just thinking about, does my life really match up to Jesus? (laughs) Does my life really match up to Jesus? Well, here's the last thing. And doing what it says on God's time and on God's terms. Our mentality. Are we obeying Christ? Here's a big question. If you had to sum up the, the sum of your thoughts, the sum of what's in your mind each and every day of the week, like if you had to look back at the last seven days, what have you put your mind to? What has dominated your thoughts? You see, what, what Jesus is asking for is for him, him to dominate your thoughts. Let's look at the second blank. And let's, let's look at your second blank is we have to copy Jesus in identity. Now you saw this in the video, and this is a very, very important uh, piece of copying Jesus in our identity. Um, look at verse 6 and 7. Here's what the scripture says. After he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being, verse 6, in the form of God, did not consider it robbery with God to be equal with God. But he made himself, let's read this aloud. What did he make himself? Of what? No reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming 
in the likeness of men. Now, to understand how big of a, of a change Jesus went under, <laughs> he was God in heaven. Hosea 11.9 tells us that God is not a man. All right? So here you have God who is not a man. God is spirit. We know that from John chapter 4, right? God is not a man. He's a spirit. And, and he's not a he because of pers- uh, being a man. He's a he because he relates to his people as a father. And so here Jesus has this assignment to become a man for about 33 years. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? That, go- that God had this assignment and he had this transition that takes place. And it's not... Uh, it's not kind of crazy that many times in Scripture you see the analogy of marriage in our walk with Christ. Because when I was starting to date Amy, you know, when we started getting serious, do you remember? Think back just for a second. When was that time that you started getting serious with your, with your husband or wife? Well, this is what Amy would do once we started getting serious. We weren't quite engaged yet, but I kind of caught her in her notebook because we met in college. She would write, Amy Sue, that's her middle name. And then she would write Richards, which which is her maiden name, and she would cross it out, and she would write Carol. And I looked, and I went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. You know? This is is going somewhere. I think think I'm doing a good job. Yeah, score. You know, that kind of thing. And and so it, it would happen, and that would just be like one little jot on the note in this process of becoming someone with a new name. And, and a little later on, she would do it in front of me, right, when it's starting to get real serious, really just trying to throw me hints, right, that, I'm, that hey, give me a ring, Bubba, you know? Uh, and I see Amy Sue Carroll. Amy Sue Carroll. It's written in caps. It's written in cursive. It's written in five different fonts. You know, it's written with hearts around it. It's written with circles. And, and it's going, and next thing you know, um, she's starting to contemplate Carol. And now that we're, once we cross engagement, here she comes into this next phase of identity where she's, she's going to me. She goes, Hey, is there, is there any way you could change our last name? Like when we get married, I want to be Amy Montgomery. That's what she said. True story. Right. And I thought, Hey, what's up with that? And she said, I I don't know. I just like it better. I always envisioned a longer last name next to my first name. Well, she went through this process, and next thing you know, she had to uh, give up her her driver's license, had to give up her social security card, right? And there was a day where she signed. You know, we we sat there. We have a picture of us signing the marriage certificate. And here's this process of Amy Richards becoming Amy Carroll. And it was really long. And even the first month or two, she said it was kind of weird when people said, hey, Amy Carroll, come here. And she was like, Amy Carroll, who's Amy Carroll? And years have gone by, and now she has this identity. But the same process takes place in our hearts. If we're going to copy Jesus, we have to march through that same type of process, the the same way that a bride takes on a last name. You know, the church is called the Bride of Christ. And we have to go through this process um, of the opposite of what Jesus did. You see, Jesus was up in heaven, and he had the process of becoming a man, which really was, was finalized on the cross when he finally experienced the weight of sin. Since he couldn't sin himself, he experienced the weight of sin. And as soon as all that sin came down the cross, you heard him say, it is finished. It's done. I, I've become what I needed to become so that I could be who God wanted me to be. Well, the same thing has to happen, you see, when we, the day that we place our faith in Christ and that seed of faith is planted in our life, it's supposed to grow and sprout. And there should be this process of us starting to look more and more like Jesus. You know, where we say, we start writing it down a little bit in a journal and saying, you know, 
My heart attitude needs to change. You know what? I, I used to live for money, or I used to live for fame, or I used to live for music, or I used to live to, just to be liked and have everybody like me, but no longer anymore. Now I live for Christ. And we walk through this process and these seasons of having our name changed, not from Dave Carroll, but to follower of Jesus Christ. That is changing our identity. And here's the value of changing our identity. When we change our identity, this is a, a, a blank, uh, not a blank, but it's, yeah, there is a blank there uh, for you in the second point. When we change our identity, it helps us because knowing who or whose we are provides the necessary confidence to carry on when life requires you to be something that you're not. How many of you have ever been required to be something that you just didn't think you could be? You know? Sometimes uh, when they sent me home with that, that little boy named Aiden Carroll, the first of my four boys, I just thought, do they know what they're asking me to be? They're asking me to be a dad. I don't know. If, is this kid going to live like five minutes? I don't know. You know? Or some of you are in a terrible, terrible marriage spot where your marriage is getting squeezed and you don't know if you can be a husband or wife anymore. But see, it's this idea of copying Jesus in your identity that gives you the confidence to push through times when you just don't think you have it. And, and this is what happened to Jesus. You see, look, look there in verse 6. It says, Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. Do you realize he gave up all the rights he had to being God, even though he still was God? He said, I'm not going to hold on to him. And, and, and he was so confident and who he was, that he could even endure all of the scorn, all of the all of the difficulty, all of the places where he was squeezed in this life. He could endure those things because he knew that at the end of the day, he was God. Now, we are not God, right? We're man. What's the total opposite? But when we know Christ and when we copy him as a child of God in our identity, guess what happens? We become confident when we think that this life is about to knock us out. Wouldn't it be good to have that kind of confidence? Copy Jesus and his strength of identity. As a child of God, I can press through any situation to obey God. Here's your third blank. The next place that we should copy God is in our work. Everybody just say that with me. Say work. Wait, say it stronger. Say work. Work. Work is tough, isn't it? Hard work is tough. But look at Jesus here in verse 8. This is what he did. You know, his identity got ripped away, but yet he was strong enough in his relationship with the Father that his identity couldn't be shaken. He had a mind that was made up to follow Christ. And this is what Paul was saying. We need to have this kind of mind, this kind of mentality. We need to identify with Christ in our identity just like a bride begins to identify with a groom over time in her name. But then this idea of work comes, and in verse 8 it says, Jesus being found in appearance as a man. Remember we just learned, Hosea eleven nine says, God is not a man, so it means he had to become a man. And this is why you may, you may be thinking, hey, what, what about this virgin birth thing? What, what's up with that? Well, God became a man. He was not a man before that. But it says, he humbled himself, and became obedient to what? The point of death. 
That's hard work. How many of you have ever tried to die before? <laughs> Can you imagine if your assignment was to die? I, I don't know about you, but you know, we had to, we're a portable church, and we had to hang this projector up here. Everybody look up at this projector. You may not have ever seen it before. It's just right here, uh, barely above my head. Well, I remember walking up on the catwalks. And I don't know how high these catwalks are. I'm going to guess 30, 30 feet or so, 25 feet. And I remember looking down. We were holding this projector as we were setting it out. And you know what happened to me? My hands, I was up here with Glenn, my hands just started sweating profusely. And this, I know this is grossing some of you out, and I promise I'll use hand sanitizer at the guest table, okay, or something like that. But my hands started sweating because I was doing this work where I thought, you know, one wrong step, and I could die, <laughs> you know? You just had that thought up there. You're like, wow, I wonder if I could hit the seat just right, you know, plop, and maybe I'm alive or something. But, but Jesus, he had the kind of work where he was basically walking up on a catwalk, except for he knew he was going to fall off. You know what I'm saying? His whole time on earth, he had to put this work in that was going to cost him something. And hard work is difficult. You know, I, I mentioned before, when we're talking about copying when we're younger, well, what about work when we're younger? You know, when I ask my oldest son and my next oldest son to go mow the lawn, it's, oh, dad. You know, when, when a high school student has to write a two-page paper, they go, oh, this is impossible. This is the end of my life. And now as adults, we look back on that time and go, I wish I could write papers and mow the lawn every day, right? Don't you just think that way? That when it comes to work, it, you know, we're like, wow, how did life get so hard? Well, here's where we have to copy Jesus in our work and in our work ethic and our willingness to do the hard things. Do you know that being a set-up and tear-down church, it's hard work. Can I get an amen from the people who are in here? Yeah, there's some amens there right there. It's hard work. But you know what? The things of God's kingdom are worth working on. It is worth working on your marriage, even if uh, you're having a difficult time. It is worth... It is worth showing up early to set up and tear down so that people can come to know Jesus. It is worth hard work. It's worth copying Jesus in this work that he did when he went to the cross and he knew that it would cost him his life. Look at these blanks here. Like Jesus, we can endure hard work when it is the right work. Remember before I asked you, what, did you, what are you setting your mind to? What's dominating the thoughts of your, of your week? And you can't say fantasy football because that's not work, all right? Let's check out. Let's check out, all right? Um, what are you accomplishing in your work? If you had to sum up the sum of everything you do on Sunday through Saturday, what would you say? What is it that I do? What's my work? And let me ask you this question. Are you doing the right work? Are you doing the, the work that matters? And, and you may say, Dave, what's the work that matters? Well, the work that matters on this earth is the work that matters to God in heaven. Things, and this is really tough. This is really tough because you may say, but Dave, this is hard. This is internal. And, and I'm going to say, yeah, because you know what the, the biggest uh, misconception we have is? Is that God is looking to change our outward circumstances when really he's looking to change our hearts. He's looking to change our character. You see, this is the work of God. 
When Jesus died on the cross, it wasn't just so a story could be told. It was so that lives would be completely different, so that people could repent of their sin and, and have someone to believe in. Jesus gave us this total advantage because of his work. And, and, and so what, what is the right work? The right work is always rooted in God's word. Listen to this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. Just give it a listen. I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the flesh is against the spirit, and the spirit is against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under under the law. Now the works of the flesh. Here's the work of the flesh. Here's the list. If you want to write this down, uh, this is the wrong work. Maybe some of this is what you've been working on this week. The works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outburst of wrath. Anybody have a struggle with anger? And you've worked on it and you've accomplished it. You've become an angry person. Selfish ambitions, dissension, heresy. Maybe you're putting your time into the wrong teachers who are teaching you bad things about the Bible. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. And the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the past, that those who practice such things, this is strong, will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is the wrong work. Are you tracking with me? It's the wrong work. But here's here's what we should be working on. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Work on the things of God in your life. These are the things that should dominate our work. These will help you copy Jesus and begin to more look like him than the day that you first came to know him. These are the things that are important. And here's, here's what you may say. Dave, are you being so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good? No. Because check out this next blank. Earthly work is simply a conduit for eternal work. If you're an electrician, you know, you know, you've, you've seen this before. There's this tube called conduit. And people like to fish pipe through it. And, and it's this tube that goes through the house and it allows you, uh, if something happens, you can actually fish a whole new, tu- a whole new wire through a house, through this pipe. And, and, and our earthly work, the things we do, whatever your job is, whether it's working um, with, with trucks or whether it's dispatching or whether it's building uh, things with your hands, you're a carpenter, you know, maybe you're a home builder, maybe you're a doctor, maybe you fly out of town and you're, just, you're a businessman or a businesswoman, or maybe you're a nurse, uh, whatever the case may be, whatever you work with, we have to begin to view our work as simply a tube through which God can do his work through people. And it is not the end game. It is not the end result. This is what Jesus did. This is why Jesus could say, you know what? My work on the cross is a big conduit through which God the Father can go through and give salvation to all of mankind. Isn't that a great thing to grab onto? That our work can be the work of God by the everyday things that we do. That is how we copy Jesus. And finally, our last, our last blank 
We have to copy Jesus in his trust. <laughs> we have to copy him in his trust. And this is the hardest thing that there is to do. It is nearly impossible sometimes to trust God in our situation. But check this out, how Jesus trusted God the Father in his life. It says, verse 9, Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is huge, isn't it? Aren't you glad to be serving a Savior who is high and exalted, who's not man-made, who's worthy of our worship and praise? You know, when we come in this room, one of the reasons why we play a few more upbeat songs than the average church is because we believe that Jesus should be celebrated, that he is the name above all names, that he is worthy of us imitating him down to the furthest degree that he's given us the ability to do it. We should begin to be looking more and more like Christ every single day. But just like Jesus, we have to learn to trust that this life that he's given us, that's sometimes hard. Sometimes it's not the life that we envisioned, is it? When we think back, we go, ah, life didn't quite turn out how I thought it would. And you know what? You have to imagine with me. Now, this isn't in the Bible, but Jesus hanging on the cross He knew what he had to do, but when he was in the moment, much like when we're in the moment of this life, he had to be thinking, wow, I I really hope this plan goes through, you know? This is hard. This is difficult. God, and this is why he's saying, "If, if you're willing, can you take this cup from me? Because he was experiencing all the weight of sin, all of the wrath of God, all of, all of the anger toward people who were, who were not worshiping him and worshiping false gods. He took all that on himself and and right now you may be taking a lot of stuff in your life on yourself the weight of this life may be too big and you may be wondering is it worth it to follow jesus but but just like jesus we have to have trust that god will do what he says he will do that there is a hope of heaven You know what? That there is a time where he will make it all right. We have to trust that even through the darkest seasons of our life, he's worth imitating. And that God rewards those who diligently seek after him. Because here's the truth. He does. And trust might be the most important thing. I want to ask you, do you trust God today? Have you ever trusted him with your life? Are you here today and maybe you've never begun a relationship with God? Are you standing at the ledge and and maybe your life is falling down in sin? You you know what? I want to implore you today. Trust God. You can trust Jesus Christ. How many of you in this room have a testimony where Christ has come through for you? Yeah, raise your hand if you're in the room. Christ has come through for you. If that's you in the room, you're, you're giving a witness today that Jesus is worth trusting in this life and and if you've never placed your faith in him today would you make today the day that you trust him because here's the truth here's your final blank i cannot copy jesus you cannot copy jesus if you don't believe him why do we not copy god and imitate christ in our mind why do we 
lose our identity in Christ and give in to sin and, and let this stuff go? Why do, we, why do we stop working on the things that God wants to work on inside of us? It's because we stop trusting him. You can't look more like Jesus until you learn to fully trust Jesus. James 4.10 says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and it is he who will lift you up. We're coming to a point of response right now, and I, I would ask that everyone open up your program, and if you would, take out your connection card. Today, we want to respond to the Lord. And here's the assignment for the week. You may say, Dave, I want to copy Jesus, but what should I do with this? Where should I go with this this week? Well, on your connection card, you can write this down. I want to ask you this question. Who are you imitating in this life? Who is it? And be honest. Be real. Am I trying to imitate the guy next to me at work? Am I trying to imitate my spouse? Am I trying to imitate my kids? <laughs> am, I, am I trying to imitate somebody on TV? Am I, you know, am I trying to imitate an ideal in America? Who am I trying to imitate? If you would write that down. And this week, I want you to pray and ask God to change your mind about imitating him instead of whatever that is. And, and then I want you to take about a 10-minute time sometime this week, and sit down and and begin to list out the things in your life and and begin to ask, where is my life really pointed? And am I really looking more like Jesus than the first day I believe, or do I look the exact same? Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church or listen to other messages at elevationbuildings.com. Thanks again for listening, and have a great day.